buddy. Hi, guys. Well, from smoggy Salt Lake City, Utah. <coughs> it's, thank God I'm atheist. If you hear us coughing, it's not our fault. The air is visible, people. That is how this works. Oh, so awful. Yeah, this is the podcast. Uh, this is I, the podcast. Yeah, it's thank God I'm atheist, the podcast. I, I interrupted our normal yeah. thing. I'm Frank Feldman. Indeed you are, and I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up today, we have a special visitor. We do. We, it, uh, someone We've invited someone on. Ooh, uh, do we want to tell anything more than that, Dan? Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's, it's Andrew Seidel from the, F, from the Fufurf. Yeah. That so. We are working hard to benefit. So if yeah. you guys haven't signed up for... Uh, uh, on our Patreon On campaign. our Patreon campaign, now's the time to do it. Woohoo! And, uh, and he'll tell us more about why. Yeah. All right. And coming up first, now we've got some news. Currently. Some stuff that happened this week or week or two. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you At got? Least the last six months. Sure. Usually we're fairly timely with our reporting of the news. But you can't stop us from reporting something <laughs> from 10 years ago if we want to. It's our damn show. All right, Dan. Well, I've got a story about an atheist couple Okay. Uh, up in Canada, British Columbia to be precise. They have those up there? Yes, they do, Dan. Oh, good for them. Um, they have been uh, barred uh, from uh, a preschool. Oh, uh, that their child attended. Okay. Uh, they uh, <laughs> they uh, the the preschool um, they 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 were asked to sign a letter agreeing to the school's cultural program, and they refused. Cultural, uh -oh. the cultural program that does sound dangerous. Mm. First of all, it's uh, anything that that resembles cultural programming that feels a little uh, communist China y to me. Well, it's a Montessori school, Dan. Okay, it's super lib. Right? Okay, uh, and they are apparently they knew because the the, the father Gary Mangle uh, is on the board of this Montessori school. Okay, right. <laughs> Uh, and they knew his, his feelings about, uh, some of their programming. Oh. And so this letter was very, was very much to get him to just agree to, okay, sir, we've all decided as a community, right? That we're going to have a little bit of Christmas programming. Just some Christmas fun. Just some Christmas fun. Right, and he will have none of it. How Jesusy was it? Were they going to get? I don't even know if it was going to get all that Jesusy. I think so. So here's the deal. Um, he now the couple, uh, Gary Mangle and May Yasue. Okay. Uh, they sued the the Bowen Island Montessori School after they were barred from it and their child couldn't attend, uh, and they actually won. Wow. They've been awarded uh, to uh, the equivalent of nine thousand U.S. dollars. Oh wow! And uh, <laughs> so, and so. this is what the tribunal uh, member who decided for the couple says, right? They say at its core, it's about it's about a letter which held a child's registration hostage to a demand, and they so this this constitution constituted discrimination over religion. Um, and that's against Canadian law. Sure. As it should be. Yeah. And so everything seems like it all sort of worked out here, right? Other than his, uh, his seat on the board seems, seems like it would be at issue. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you generally don't sue the however, organization. 
that you're a board member of. Yeah, Mangle, um, in sort of through all of this, uh, he said, let's see, he says um, to an email to the board members, he said, I certainly hope there will be no discussion of Santa Claus. I'm absolutely against anyone blatantly lying to my daughter. Right? Mangle, I mean, I get it. It's a lie. It's a damned lie. Right. Yeah. Mangle also suggested that students make atheist Christmas ornaments uh, to represent the views of his family, uh, including one that would say, atheists don't fly airplanes into buildings with a picture of the World Trade Center. Wow, dude. That, <laughs> you know what preschool is, right? You know how what years they are. And you don't have a 26-year-old in preschool, do you? <laughs> that's pretty hardcore. And apparently, early, some other time, uh, during a dispute with the school's administrator, uh, oh, actually, the school administrator's husband, over the use of God in the Canadian National Anthem, he said he would sue the school for asking children to sing it, then perform Nazi salute and marched around singing a version of the song with alternate lyrics. Wow. <laughs> wow. So, so, the, so the tribunal was actually like really clear that they were like, you know, we don't actually think you behave really well. We're yeah. not deciding with you because you behaved appropriately. Right. We're deciding with you because this school did actually violate your rights. Right. There there was a violation here. You're a nutball. <laughs> and probably should chill out, but there yeah. Oh my god. That yeah, is... so I kind of love the story because it's like there's a way to do this, mm -hmm. right? There's a way to oppose uh religious crap that that, that that that's in your surrounding you out in your community, uh, perhaps at the 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 school that your kid goes to right or yeah um and then there's ways not to do it and the, yes <laughs> there's civil there's civility maybe there's incivility yeah may, maybe trying to expose very young children to uh terrorist attacks and then and then politicizing religion based yeah. on that that's that's maybe more a a first grader sort of activity <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe for the gifted and talented, <laughs> right? Sure, sure, yeah. sure. They're, they're they're probably more <laughs> capable of handling oh those God. specific lessons. Oh my God! Okay, well, uh, I've got a story. I'm going to go take us to Fort Worth, Texas. Ooh, you and I have been to Fort Worth. We have been. Uh, I actually like Fort Worth. I didn't see. Uh, yeah, it's okay. okay. Put it into the context of the Dallas Fort Worth Metroplex. I actually like. <laughs> Fort Worth. Well, we'll see how you feel about it after this story. Uh, Fort Worth, you might be, uh, you won't be shocked to learn, has some members of the uh, Republican Party. Oh, are there in Fort Worth, oh, Texas? No, that that can't possibly be doesn't true. seem right, does it? Uh, anyway, there is hubbub happening hubbub. in the Tarrant County GOP. Uh oh, uh, and it's an interesting hubbub because. Basically, it's just that perfectly reasonable, uh, not reasonable, perfectly, I don't know how reasonable they are, but <laughs> viable members of their party are being ostracized. What? Yeah. No. I'll tell you the story of one uh, who is under fire. She is a, a good non-denominational Christian. 
looks very much like you would expect a young, urban uh, Texas housewife to look. Mm, big hair. She's a she's a she's wants less bureaucracy, lower taxes, and a strong national security. That's okay. those those are those are what are important to her in politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. She is under fire, uh, and maybe it'll make sense when I tell you that her name is Lisa Grimaldi Abdul Karim. Oh no, whose husband is a is, is a a Muslim, no. one of those damn Muslims. No, uh, and apparently no. She uh, her her being wed to a Muslim, even though she's uh, a Christian. What is enough to uh, to get the to get blood boiling in texas oh my god um the, there was a there was a problem the things really started to erupt though not around her but around uh dr sahid shafi who was uh who who was uh appointed um by by the county's republican chairman darrell eastman easton sorry mm-hmm. uh he was appointed to uh as one of the party's two regional vice chairs He's a trauma surgeon, okay, and a Muslim. Oh no! And apparently, what is happening to the Republican Party? Right, that they're actually like welcoming other people. Well, they're not all welcoming other people from other religions. Um, for instance, one Dory O'Brien, who is a Republican precinct chairwoman uh-huh. uh, from Grand Prairie. Okay, that's it, not a very Muslim name. No, no, she has raised <laughs> she uh, she has a history of raising stinks, including oh, no. back in 2011. When she criticized Bob Roberts, you'll recognize that name. He's a, a megachurch pastor. Okay, sure. Um, who actually invited some Muslims to a Building Bridges with Fellow Texans event. He called it Building Bridges with Fellow Texans. He invited uh, Muslims to, to come and help build the bridge. And she just <laughs> thought that was outrageous. Oh no! I guess this whole there's not much of a story here other than the fact that in Texas, it's these people have a crazy view of what Muslims are doing. They call it a stealth jihad. These wow. people, these Muslims yeah. are just they are brothers in arms to these people. They are right. wildly conservative, right? That both socially and probably politically. Well, it sounds like these are actually Muslims who have truly figured out the political landscape of America. Right, and understand which party actually aligns better with their values. Yeah, why there's this weird allegiance in the Democratic Party? Well, because the Democrats are the only ones who are actually looking out for their right to exist. No, I and I get why, but but it's 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 kind of this strange thing. There's Mm -hmm. this strange bedfellows or whatever that's happening because it's like these folks are actually in a party that shares their ideals. Right. The other Muslims seem to be in a party that is just okay with them. But there is a word in the GOP for a Muslim who believes in GOP values. Oh, no. And no. that is Sharia. That, that is oh. all they think they're doing. When a Muslim believes in exactly the same values right. as a conservative Christian, right. it's Sharia law. Right. And, and there's, a, there's a jihad happening. Here's, here's Stealth the, jihad. Yeah, this. exactly. Boy, that's scary shit. That is the really scary stuff. Oh, my God. It can just, like, sneak in. This Dory O'Brien that I was telling you about, here's a lovely quote from her. Um, she said, 
This is where we are in Tarrant County today, divided by those who won't see the stealth jihad and by those who do, those who've drunk the Islamic Kool-Aid and those who haven't. Oh, no. If you are in, if, if you are a Muslim, yeah. you are fighting against America, and that is just a guarantee. You can't, there's no doubt about it. Oh, there's no God. two ways about it. You are anti-American, and she will, she will not drink the Kool-Aid of any other belief. And that's wow. where we are in America. So, I mean, you know, the fact that a few actual, like, hijab-wearing Muslims are now going to be on the American House of Representatives. Oh, isn't it just the... It, it's the worst. Damn. It, it's everything that's wrong with America. Holy shit. And they want to wear those hijabs. Yeah. Those, <sighs> you know what those are? What those, a disgrace. Those are terror scarves is what those are. Yeah. Well, it's a real affront because, you know, down in Texas, they I, I, I kind of was making a joke. They, they like the big hair. Yeah. So the hijab is just an affront to their values. <laughs> just imagining giant hijabs that, <laughs> that go like two feet above the head of the woman, covering the. She's been she's a nice she rat, Texas ladies rats her hair, hair up high and then has to cover it over. <laughs> That's what they're fighting for. That's what those Muslims want. All those bangs being those gorgeous bangs and <laughs> and that can I. Uh, demand to speak to a manager hair being oh, covered yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's that's good stuff right yeah. there. Oh, my God. There you go. All right, Dan. Yeah, what? Well, uh, there's an ongoing story that I think warrants our attention in this world. Okay. And that has to do with uh, China's use of uh, detention centers for re-educating their Muslim population. Yeah, they like to do that. Holy cow. Um, it has, uh, they've moved on to, uh, I guess stage one would be rounding them up. Sure. Stage two would be uh, sort of indoctrinating them uh, or re-indoctrinating them. And stage three now is forced labor. Right. Um, we knew that they, well, they, we knew that there were claims from the Chinese government that these were... Um, Sort of workforce training centers. Yeah. Right? Oh, <laughs> for, for look, lack look. of a better. They ways. are very generous. Oh, and yeah. they're willing to train people who believe differently than they are uh, oh, than yeah. they do to uh, to become to to learn a trade. Oh, absolutely. Um, China's ruling uh, communist party um, has uh, released uh, a lot of um, sort of upbeat propaganda. Oh, apparently. Yeah. Um, talking about these, the, the, all of these camps in the Xinjiang region. Is that where um, the Uyghurs are over on the, on that the is, in the West? That is correct. Okay. Um, and uh, they're saying that, the, that they're providing job training and putting de- detainees on production lines for their own good, <laughs> offering an escape from poverty, backwardness, and the temptations of radical Islam. I think um, the word backwardness is, is, is their main thing. Yeah. They're not trying to help anybody escape poverty. No. Uh, well, it seems like to me, uh, you know, as probably the the rise of the Chinese middle class, there are fewer... They need they need factory workers. Right. You know, they're, they're just going to where there's cheap labor. Um, because that, that is exactly what's happening. Apparently, around these detention centers, uh, there are now um, factories. Yeah. 
Great. popping up. This is from, um, the, these are from private entrepreneurs uh, and mm-hmm. established companies who are now coming into the region and setting up factories around these detention centers. And the, fa- and the detention centers are providing them with free or extremely cheap labor. Right. Um, Great. And independent accounts from the inmates um, are obviously, it's obviously rare um, because the police are blocking attempts to get near the camps and they're closely monitoring uh, foreign journalists. Right. Um, but a couple of the people who've kind of escaped or gotten out or how, however this has happened. Um, let's see. Here's a story from a Bill Amantai who's, uh, he's 37. Uh, he was put up in a camp a year ago and he told relatives he was working in a textile factory for $95 a month. Um, and there's a bunch of other accounts. You know, what's horrible is that I, my first impulse when you said that was to go, wait, in China is $95 a month good or bad for a factory worker? Uh, I I think back in the day that was probably the going rate. Now that's bad. Yeah. That's, that's not, that's not good. Um, but here's the deal. Uh, retailers in the United States and the rest of the world, uh, need to be on guard against buying goods that are coming out of the Xinjiang camps. Um, the, uh, these camps most likely, um, or actually do, uh, violate laws banning, um, imports from, uh, prison or forced labor camps. Right. Um, so, I mean, we, we need to though, make sure that people are, that, that China's being held as responsible for this action as possible. Um, see, I was see, but the, the, the Chinese is going to be like, get in there and get your cheap labor while you can. Let's do. Let's let's take advantage. That's the of real capitalist free way, ma- right free there. Manufacturing, right there. Boom, I, baby. I mean, slave labor. It's the history of the planet, right? <laughs> I mean, our country was certainly built on it. Our well, wealth, our 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 uh, abilities as a country were have a founda- a deep and lasting foundation in slave labor. Yeah, uh, clearly not a justification for it. No, no, no. That's, it's still a bad <laughs> thing. It's, yeah. I'm just Anywho. acknowledging our history. Sure. Um, <laughs> however, there's the, no reason for us to let off, uh, let Chinese off, or the Chinese government off the hook no. on this. Uh, their state media has praised the centers, uh, obviously, as leading a wayward people toward modern civilization. Um, and it's saying that the workers are generously paid. Uh, however, obviously reports on that are that it's not the case. Uh, and this is, uh, from the Xinjiang daily newspaper, uh, it says the training will turn them from nomads into skilled marvels. Uh, education and training (laughs) will make them into modern people useful to society. Oh, thank goodness. They were choosing. They were choosing their own way of life. Yeah, how, how dare they? How dare they? We'll fix them. How fucking dare they? Don't yeah. worry, we'll fix them. Oh, China. China's got a. I don't know what. I don't know what we can do about this. Aside from being diligent about making sure these goods aren't coming to the United States, the issue though is that um, one of the other things the article talks about is that most of these goods are not intended for a global. No, of course not. Uh, global distribution. They're more to sell to Chinese and to other, um, um, you know, markets in in the region. Right. And so. don't worry, most our our president's doing everything he can to to kill the Chinese trade anyway. So not on purpose. That's not what he intends. He thinks he's in the middle of a very brilliant 
trade war. Right. But uh, what he's doing is killing our tr- killing trade. So that's cool. Good for him. Uh, all right. I'm going to move on. I'm, we're we're going to lob one over the wall on this one. What? Yeah. We got to look. All, we have many listeners in uh, in the fine country of Australia. Oh, this is true. Yeah. And and they probably already know about this. But not from their own media, no, because true. there's a gag order on their own media. But yep. haha, we're not based there, and we don't make any money from them, really. So nothing they can do to stop. They can't stop us from reporting on it. Uh, are we about to get banned from Australia? <laughs> Ban? Well, I mean, are we, we are- going to use sort of the, the all the euphemisms that other uh, global media outlets and the Australian outlets are? Fuck no. Person of international note. Person of international. I think that's what the New York Joe, Times called, yes, referred yes. to. Yes, as. important person in Catholic Church. George Cardinal George Pell. We right. said it. Yeah, Uh-oh. that's right. We said it. Uh oh, the name that should not be mentioned. He, he he who should definitely be mentioned and be raked over the coals. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's like the the third in command, like third most important person at the Vatican, or yeah. was right. Uh. He is now the highest-ranking Catholic to be convicted of uh, of molestation of boys. Yep. Uh, he in he left Rome in June of 2017 to go stand trial in Melbourne, Australia, and he was he is the former uh, uh, Archbishop of Melbourne from back back in the 90s. Yeah. And he was accused uh, by two former choir boys of sexual abuse while he was archbishop. Uh, The boys sang in the choir at St. Patrick's Cathedral and were allegedly abused by Pell in a a room within the confines of the church. Right. Um, And he has been convicted unanimously by a jury. Uh, The reason that, uh, that... Australians won't hear about this from their own press is because apparently in Australia there is a practice of banning press coverage of trials if there's theoretically a chance that that kind of publicity will will taint the fairness of the trial. Correct. And there's so, sort of there's another trial going on that they're worried about this that's affecting. Right. That's so, right. Well, yeah. so he's been convicted of this one and there's more that he's being accused of. So yeah. hopefully this means that that man Lives out the rest of his life in Australian prison. Where he deserves to be. Where he deserves to be. And also, hopefully, this rocks the uh, the Vatican. Yeah. Maybe they'll actually, like, no. I, what, I was going to say maybe they'll take more notice. They've taken plenty of notice of this problem. They just keep <laughs> not doing the things about it. They're They're doing a lot of talking, though. There's there's oh, a there's lot plenty of talking. There's a lot of talking happening, a lot of very concerned sort of facial expressions, I mm. think. And uh and and some very sad and 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 sincere well, and talking. a lot of just like oh, no. If, no. If how on, how could this possibly be? If only there was something we could do about it. <laughs> if only. Uh if only so many of them weren't guilty right of something similar in some regard oh my god did you see the, the thing with the italian prostitute this week the no male, the, the male 
Italian prostitute who uh, actually released a bunch of like 26 names of high ranking <laughs> Vatican officials. Cardinals, keep, bishops, They keep doing that. They, you know, yeah. somebody will, somebody's going to be making a fortune as the discreet purveyor of male prostitution in the oh, I think they are discreet until they stop being discreet. Right. That's the problem. Right yeah. Now, is that they... Clearly, they're not being paid enough. Yeah, exactly. Well... Come on. The thing is, they Vatican start officials. out getting paid plenty, and then it's like, okay, we've had our fun. Extortion time. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Well, it's not fun. All right, Dan. Frankly, I- I'm glad for Vatican officials to have access to male prostitutes. I'm fine with that. If they're old, old enough and they're getting paid and they're, you know, like sex work, I have no problem with sex work. It's when they're diddling the kids that, I'm a, that I have a problem. And also, okay, there's the, the hypocrisy. Hypocrisy issue. is an issue. I mean, because like, they're, they're yeah. Yeah. So, I, yes. Let's have them. Be out in the open. Yeah. Be honest about it. Okay. Life of not getting married. Fine. I was about to say life of celibacy, and then I realized that there was a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> so you're not allowed to marry, but you're allowed to have prostitutes. Yeah. Get. I mean, get your rocks off, but just uh, leave the kids alone Maybe and stop. And be st- discreet and- about it, but if asked point blank, yeah, sure, I see prostitutes from time to time. And also, stop being so fucking bad, mean to gay people. You're all gay. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Thank you, Dan. The other hypocrisy of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Um... Dan, I, I have um, some 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 interesting numbers from a, a new study from Lifeway Research. Now, if that name sounds familiar to you, uh, it's not because it uh, comes across our desk all the time. It's uh, it's a conservative Christian group uh, that does polls, and so it does definitely skew in the direction of uh, of uh, sort of conservative evangelical type uh worldview right and uh they like to prop up that worldview as much as possible however uh this latest survey uh is about a recent trend in america where um that, that acknowledges that while most americans still want more religious meaning to the Christmas season at 65% of those surveyed. Keep the, and cr- ask the question. Ha- hashtag keep the Christ in Christmas. Right. And ask the question, uh, cr- or, or ask to whether they agree with the statement, Christmas should be more about Jesus. 65% are like, oh, yeah, of course Christmas should be more about Jesus. Why would it not be more about Jesus? As more Actually, as I, would, I would say uh, if they were to ask me, I would say, yeah, sure. Christmas yeah. should be more about Jesus. It's a religious holiday. Go out, go nuts, people. Okay, right? Sure. I don't need to take Christmas from them. I, I, where is your war on Christmas spirit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I, We're try- I, I, I'm joking. We, we I, as a group are trying to take Christmas away asked, from them. If asked, I would. I, I don't know what I would even say if asked. Right. But, yeah. um, but here's the deal. The number of Americans uh, who want to keep Chris, Christ in Christmas, while maybe they're still the majority, uh-huh. it's quickly declining. Oh. oh my God. Just four years ago, 79% of Americans said there should be more Christ. Wow. Christmas. Almost 80. So 14% drop. That's significant. Right? 
and so, but it's really important, Dan, that you don't let this bother you as a good Christian, right? Mm. Because these numbers, this is alarming, people. Mm. It's terrifying. <laughs> what if people are just allowed to put up a tree and not say Jesus? Right. But the respondents to this who say that the number, uh, uh, or I'm sorry, that say that that Christmas shouldn't be about Jesus isn't really going up as much. It's only, it only went up by 1%. Mm. So there's hope here, people. Okay. There's clearly a lot of confusion. This is the whole point of this article. There's confusion <laughs> about Christmas. It's a very right. confusing time. Um, apparently, um, the, and the, 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 they kind of shift over to Europe in the article. They're like, uh, there was a recent study that found that nearly one in five uh, people in Britain didn't know that Christmas was associated with the birthday of Jesus. What? Uh, nearly one in 20 thought Easter celebrated the birth of Christ. Uh, wow. I know, right? Like, they're dum-dums over there. No, they're just so far out of it. Right. So they're just like, a respondent who like has never had anything to do with Christianity is just like, oh, I don't know. Right. It's isn't it about Jesus? It's something. It's either his birth or his death. Let me pick one. It's, it's one um, of them. It's gotta be gotta I be mean, one. When you when you look at Easter, this the way that Easter is celebrated uh-huh. looks like it's about birth. It's, well, yeah, because you got, it's a fertility like, festival that's right, been co-opted right, exactly. by you've Christianity. Got, you've got eggs oh, happy you've got candy bunnies everywhere that just fucking bunnies. Have other bunnies you've got baskets full of goodies and stuff yeah. it feels like it's pastels oh yeah feels birthy yeah doesn't feel deathy um but they talk in this article about you know the the increasing number of americans who who are religiously unaffiliated even though they don't necessarily reject the existence of god so they, they spend a lot of time on this whole, like, atheists really aren't growing. It's just the affiliation is shrinking. Oh. It, it was kind of a, a funny little article. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, and that's... Yeah. Atheism is growing, kids. Don't worry about Atheism it. Atheism is growing just fine. Yeah. Matter of fact, I'm getting fatter in this time, <laughs> this season, so <laughs> this atheist is growing. I know, Dan. Just, just saying. Oh, God, it's the worst. Why? I think I look good with a little bit of plumpness. Oh, do you? I'm 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 very handsome with a dad bod. It's it's sexy. Don't worry about it. Anywho, okay. well that's that's a very that's interesting. I'm not gonna fat shame, not even myself. I'll fat shame you. I know you will. <laughs> but I don't need I don't need it. I'm not gonna do it. Oh, okay, cool. Good. I'm I'm cute. Hmm. Uh, I'm gonna take us now to uh, to. Anne Graham Lotz, who is Billy Graham's daughter. Oh. Uh, and she is a preacher. She's ah. the, late, the late Billy Graham uh, sired a few who took over the family business. Yeah. So Franklin, his son, is very what famous, is- but, uh, but also... You, his- well, you'd be a fool not to. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, if I was Billy Graham's son and still held the same worldview I do right now, I would be out there preaching. I don't care. I'd be... The I'd money have my jets. Be, yeah, oh, my gosh. I'd have, like, four or five jets looking for a sixth. Yeah. Uh, well, see, you were deriding the hypocrisy of Catholics earlier, but you know what? It's a growth industry. It's a money... Why would you a, turn it down? It's a money-making... If you, if you are, like, like... Like, okay, if you're just going to, like, go into it entry level... No, 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 no. Yeah, I'm not no. going to work my way up that corporate, you know, ladder. No, no. no. But if you are an heir 
yeah. to 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 that name. If someone's just going to gonna hand level. it to you on a platter, Jesus Christ, indeed. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. So, Lots is seventy years old. Uh-oh. Uh oh. She is a. She was born in nineteen forty eight. Okay. Yeah. You know what else was born in nineteen forty eight? The country, the the state of Israel. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, so <laughs> she, she on her blog has made a wonderful uh, little. You know what? She's uh, these Christians. They're looking for signs. Mm-hmm. They're just they're looking for. Uh, matter of fact, she's she's been asked. Uh, what do she's been asking? What do I see? The Lord inspired her to say what do i see oh what does she see well she sees that she has breast cancer oh and that's that's tragic and i'm sorry for her for that that's not something anybody wants to deal that, with that came out of left field but <laughs> she sees something in her cancer is it shaped like israel she's born she's 70 years old israel's 70 years old so she's connected to israel does Israel have a cancer? She's wondering if God is telling her that because with her cancer. Yeah. Because she says that, you know, people in the Bible, God had his spokespersons. I like that she used the term spokespersons. They were all men. <laughs> and they're all men. Anyway, uh, her, the spokespersons in the Bible sometimes had to live out the message that God was trying to to send. Oh. So maybe, just maybe, her breast cancer is a sign to the world that Israel will be attacked. I, I you know, if she'd been stabbed, maybe I would I would agree with that. Or you know, assaulted <laughs> in some way. She has a she has cancer. This is about a cancer within. This Look, isn't about a threat from without. Could could it be? I'm sorry. She's reading her. She's reading this whole thing totally wrong. Could it be, Frank, that her cancer, potentially fatal cancer, yeah, means that Israel is in danger uh, in a potentially fatal way? Do you see? Potentially fatal. Potentially fatal. Potato. Potato. <laughs> I say potato. These yeah. are the same. <laughs> No, not even close. Will Israel be struck, she says. Will Israel be also be struck by her enemies suddenly and unexpectedly through no fault of her own? Mm, all right, let me get out my little uh, my chicken bones. Yeah. I'm going to throw them on the ground. I got let's, the magic eight ball. Let's, yeah. uh, let's, let's, let's turn that let's over. See. Let's see what we think. Uh, also, through chick, no chick, fault chick, of chick, her chick, own? Chick. Like Israel's been sitting there in the Middle East quietly, not... <laughs> not poking, not pushing anyone's buttons, just sitting there so kindly, yeah, in it, in 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 her wisdom, right, and just attacked on all sides for no apparent reason, yeah. There's no provocations whatsoever happening from Israel. <laughs> uh, she's not good at this. Well, this is not her forte. I mean, if you're gonna get cancer. Use it, baby. Find some silver linings. Find find a way to to fire up your base. Get 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 some of that sweet sweet mm. cancer money. That's what you want. Oh, cancer money. Look, if you, we were talking about being in the position that she's in. You know, yeah. being being a a big time pastor. Yeah. If you, if God gives you cancer, make cancer aid. That's what I always say. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. 
What was the line? That's like the Silver Sarah Silverman line. If God gives you AIDS, make lemonades. Yeah, that's yeah, that's a better that's a better one. better use of that line. But <laughs> I did. Yeah, there you go. Uh, well, Dan. Yeah, so that's unfortunate. Nobody wants a seventy-year-old woman to get cancer. No, so, no, I don't want anybody uh, to get cancer. But uh, but if she's going to get it, she's going to use it. So there you go. Hey, if you guys would like to. Uh, Talk about any and all of these uh, things that we're talking about. You can write to us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, we like it when you do that. Hey, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. Click on that like button. And while you're there... Is that how you do it? With yeah, that's there? like the Gary, uh, the Larry Sanders show. Oh yes, you like no flipping, no flipping, no, no flipping. <laughs> um, and uh, while you're on Facebook, uh, why not check out the uh, the the members only lounge? You can uh, search for it, right? Just yep. search for it. TGIA members only lounge. That's what it's and called. Then request to join. Yep. And then you know we'll let you in. Yep. And then over there on Reddit, check us out too. Just search for TGIA TS and there's a subreddit people occasionally post and you can yeah be part of that combo why not dan yes sir Rick Wiles. Oh, that right oh. that wily Rick Wiles. He's got some weird ideas, Dan. <laughs> oh my god, this man. He's a, he's one of those great uh, Christians who knows what's really going on. Well, the, he's a, the he's problem a with Rick Wiles theorist. is that he's a conspiracy theorist in addition to being a Christian, right? And so it all like they go hand in hand a no, lot of the time. It, in these modern times, it, they definitely do, right? But like, it's totally possible to just be a good Christ-loving person, and you go to church and you sing your songs and you read a little Bible verse and you listen to the minister and he says yeah. something that you kind of like, and you go home and you feel good about yourself, yep. right? Um, that is a totally possible way to be a Christian, and I really don't have that big of a problem. If that's what you want to do with your Christianity, great, fine, whatever, <laughs> right? But Rick Wiles is a hateful human being. Listen, you're not going to make money. You're not going to make, you're not going to rile people up. Right. With kind, sort of fine Christianity. Sure. What's going to rile people up is crazy. Right. And Rick is doing a good job at crazy. sells it in bulk. So here we go. (laughs) And I save people. This world is run by Satanists. Devil worshiping, Luciferian, child molesting, Satanists. And they go, that's crazy. No, it's not. That's after 20 years of of investigating and analyzing what's going on in the world. And I come to the conclusion, the world is run by Satanists. I don't know what other conclusion you can come to. If you're a pedophile, you, you get advanced in Washington. You can commit all kinds of crimes. You can be a rapist. You can do anything. And your career soars. You can be like Bill Clinton. People come and women come out. He raped me. And what's your point? Oh, my God. It's uh, Satanists and pedophiles. Not Satanists. Satanists. <laughs> I love how he says it. It's Satanists. Oh. These guys, uh, I, here's what's amazing to me is that these nutballs, him and uh, and uh, what's his name? 
the gay frogs guy. Uh, why can't I? Oh, the the screamer who's not on YouTube anymore. Terrible at names. Uh, uh, Infowars. Yeah. Anyway, the the thing somehow they've gotten it into their heads that the bad guys, this cabal of left wing evil people mm-hmm. run by Hillary Clinton and George Soros oh, or whatever, yeah. are all Satan worshiping pedophiles. And they're running pedophile rings and whatever. Do you know who's pedophiles? Yeah. You know where the bi- what the biggest pedophile rings we have are? It's over in the churches. It's the churches. Yeah. How are you? How are they doing this? It's it's amazing. They their look over thereism. Yeah. Is astounding. Yeah. I don't know. I I always just walk away. I mean, Rick. So you know, we have this tradition of playing. You know, Pat Buchanan. Not yeah. Mike Buchanan, Pat Robertson. Uh, yes, and uh, I, I have no too. no affection for Pat Buchanan. Right, Pat Robertson is a crazy old man. He says weird shit. He's easy to make fun of. Yeah, right. He's infuriating at times with his bigotry, but other times but, he's just adorable with his with his nut with, his <laughs> with his bigotry with his bigotry with his anything. He's just kind of this he's, right. He's this crazy old man. But the Rick Wiles of this world, I just I listen to him and I. There's this part of me that just feels so fucking bad for people who live in that level of of just like complete uh complete misreading of the world that they live in. Right. Like like just like they look out at the world and they see nothing but evil. And it and and I what a horrible way to live. Yeah. Like it's, and it's and poison. It's poison, and they're convinced of it. And I mean, if that's not an Old Testament prophet, right, who has all their people all huddled around them and saying awful, horrible things about the world that's around them, it's going to get. And you. everybody's out to get us. And the I mean, like the Hittites—they're awful and they're evil and <laughs> yeah. you know whatnot. And it turns out the Hittites were fucking awesome. Yeah. Right. Same with the Persians. Right. All these like ancient empires. That were like really fucking cool and advanced, but the 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 writers of the Old Testament looked out at the world and saw nothing but evil and awful and the horrors of Babylon and this and that. And we see the exact thing, exact same thing today with people like Rick Wiles, and they live a horrible life. And well, I I will say this: I think Wiles probably lives a pretty nice life. The I'm people that his pay attention. Health. Well, I'm saying th- right. I'm saying the people who pay attention to him, right. the people who are listening and being terrified by what sure. he's saying. Yeah, those are the people whose lives I care about. I don't give a fuck about Rick Wiles, but the, there I, are people who are paying attention to him, paying attention to Infowars, whatever. It's, it's nice that you extend it out, but Rick Wiles strikes me as a true believer. The Ding Dong over on Infowars, I don't think he's a true believer at all. What's his name again? We, we still need name? to figure out his name. Okay. But, and people are screaming at their, their uh, car radios right now, uh, his name. Um, yes. <laughs> um, but nonetheless. Alex Jones. Alex Jones, right? Boy, take him off YouTube. I forget who you are. Um, you know, I don't believe Alex Jones for a minute believes the shit that's coming out of his mouth. Oh, no. I watch Rick Wiles, and I 100% believe that he lives this delusion, Mm. right? He is in it. He's profiting off of it? Sure, right? He's been smart enough to figure that part out, but he he, he lives that delusion. Sure. And I think that's a 
wretched place to be. Well, he's a wretched, wretched man. They're all <laughs> sort of sad. I, I always like to imagine them as living on, you know, or being your neighbor, mm. right? Um, you obviously don't want Alex Jones living next to you. No. And I don't think you want Rick Wiles living next to you. He'd be pretty annoying. Um, and Pat Robertson? I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> He's probably fine. Probably. He's kind of, yeah. He get into invite, some funny conversations. I'd invite him over for a barbecue for sure. <laughs> you kidding me? Oh, I would share a beer with that guy. I mean, I'd probably share a beer with these other guys just to watch the show. Just, I'd just start pushing buttons and see no, what I happens. I not them anywhere near me. But, but yeah, Robertson just seems like, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I don't know. Um... Hey, uh, we've got uh, a voicemail, right? We uh, yes, somebody, we do. Somebody we have called some, in? Yeah, a response to... Let me pull this up real quick. Uh, something we were talking about last week. I believe it was last week's show, right? About um, which one of us brought up the, the, the thing about the kid... It was your story, I, I don't believe. listen to our show. <laughs> Anyways, it's it's we were talking about how like there's that whole thing about how at some point in, the the Christians believe this whole thing about in the last days you're going to have to you're going to be given the choice. Oh yeah, we Christ had, or death. We had somebody write into us talking about missionary work. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. You're right. And like yeah, kids believing that the 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 highest honor they could have is to fucking die for their religion. Right. Well, here's a listener with uh, some firsthand experience yeah. having been that child yeah hey frank and dan this is adam from kansas city just wanted to touch base on uh two little two things you mentioned this past episode uh one as a youth in the lutheran church i remember probably second grade being told a story about a little girl who was kidnapped by bad men and was asked to uh renounce jesus and she would be saved and she refused to do it and she was murdered and i remember this being told in a celebratory you know, uh, manners, it's something we should aspire to and to take lesson from. And I, as a second grader, that was a lot to grapple with. Um, but I do remember taking these very heavy-handed hints that this is how you are a good Christian. This is how to act in this situation, even as a second grader. And, uh, you know, it, it was just hard to wrap your mind around at that age. And then secondly, um, as a, again, a youth in the Lutheran church, which is boring as hell, I would always, during the sermon, not always, but if I was going to open the Bible, I'd go straight to Revelation, because that's where the shit that Tolkien couldn't even come up with was. And I remember really glumming on to not only the, the, you know, the beast, I took everything literally, so the beast coming out of the sea and all the other crazy stuff, but um, also the idea that uh, the army of the good, i.e. the Christians, will be, let's shocker, persecuted and attacked by the bad army, and that ultimately there would be this you know, final battle, and that we would have to fight the, the evil, and we would win. And uh, that I kind of glommed onto that because I, you know, I was into GI Joes and everything else, and didn't really think that much through. But um, you know, both stories kind of have this same underlying thing that we've seen throughout history that you know, to be a good Christian, to be a good um, a good person of the faith, you have to be willing to die and fight. And it's just a lot for a kid to have to digest, and it can really explain a lot of the side key issues that i may have but anyway thanks guys love the show have a good one yeah man i'll tell you one of the best things about being an atheist 
Look, I'm a I'm a guy with a lot of integrity. So in almost any situation, if someone's like, "What's what? What's your religion?" I will just happily just tell them that I'm an atheist and, right. and you know let the chips fall where they may. Right. But if my life is in danger, I'm whatever the fuck you want me to be. <laughs> oh yeah, hell yeah, I'm a Christian, Muslim, Jewish. I don't care. Like, right. I don't. There's I got nothing involved. Like hanging in the balance in right, terms of right. like. There's no, I'm not serving any overlord that needs me to to be whatever he, I tell whatever he tells me I am, right. even in the face of my own mortal danger. Oh, of course, yeah, that's nice. Yeah, but I mean, but but also there's the whole, and I can totally, completely sympathize. Um, this uh, weird horror growing up with these. The, those very similar ideas, right? And yeah. Very similar experiences of having this, like, you know, lorded over you as a child. You know, you're gonna have you are gonna have to make this decision someday, Jesus or death. And sitting there and being like, "But I don't want to die." Yeah. Right. And and surely the Lord knows that, like, I'd only be lying so that I could keep living. Right. Yeah. Like, wh- why why is this one moment of like, you know. I, 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 I'm just lying, yeah. right? Like, I know Jesus lives, right? Yeah. Wouldn't that be good enough? Nope. No. You have to die because you weren't willing to say it. See, and say I was, it now. I was in the opposite camp. I was, I, was, I was such a dramatic kid that it would have thrilled me to give up my life for my religion. <laughs> I, was just, I mean, no. what legacy could be better than that? For, for Martyrdom. I am the martyr of the world. Saint Daniel, everyone. Yeah, exactly. Saint Daniel. Exactly. Oh my God. It would have been the best thing. I, I oh, look what, for those what's dramatic What's your martyr moments. death? Because there's so many good like martyr deaths. There's like all the arrows. Oh yeah. There's uh, there's uh, the dying like dying in a pile pyre of fire. There's the sure. uh, who's the one that died in the catacombs and she had like a, a saint therese uh santa teresa i think with the like one finger and the three finger on one hand and three fingers on the other hand were kind of extended out and it was her testament of the trinity oh yeah even saying. in death you oh, know there you go there was a i love you know on on how to heretic we talk a lot about different saints some of those saints man they get decapitated and then walk with their head for seven miles to get yeah. to the right place oh yeah they're doing they're doing good work yeah so what's your death what's your i don't know man i to die for jesus dan what are you going to take i want decapitation you want decapitation i do want decapitation. so you can walk yeah i'll walk around with my own head if i can if i can pull it off if yeah. not at least with decapitation the first thing that happens is that your brain is severed from your pain center in your spinal cord yeah so you're not going to feel anything oh, there's wow. no pain right there's just a little bit of a shocking moment as you realize, holy shit, my head's not attached no more, and then you're dead. Oh my god! And you want that little moment, don't you? Oh, I want that'd that be moment. a fun experience for you. Yeah, I know your mind works totally. You're a little fascinated by that, aren't you? Even with, take away the the religious martyrdom thing, I would love to be like that. If your if, last moment, if my death was a was a decapitation, that last moment I would be like, oh, yeah, it'd be this a holy shit! Is so cool. Oh my god, you guys. What a way to go! And then I'd be dead. <laughs> Voila. 
Oh, damn. We got some people to thank. We do have some people to thank. And Why don't we... you start with yours? Okay. Well, uh, let's start by reminding people mm, yeah. that uh, okay. this month, all of December, the season of giving, mm-hmm. we are giving 20% of everything that we take in. Uh, and and it's not just our Patreon thing. We we want to encourage people to sign up on our Patreon. Mm-hmm. But everything that we take in, we're taking, we're given twenty percent of it to the FFRF, the Freedom from Religion Foundation. We'll have Andrew Seidel later on uh, mm-hmm. coming up to talk to us yeah. about their mission and what they're doing. Uh, so all of these people uh, are are giving not only to us but to them, and, and nice. we're we're paying it forward or whatever you want to say. Cool. Uh, so we got some folks to thank uh, Gene. Gave us a one a very generous one time donation. As, yeah, thank you, Gene. As did Jessica. These are one time uh, contributors. So thank you both uh, for your generosity. That's awesome. Yeah, and we have uh, one new uh, sainted listener. Ooh, uh, Saint Genevieve. Oh, Genevieve. Yeah. Uh, wow. Yeah, uh, coming in at the saint level. So thanks, Genevieve. Uh, we really do appreciate it. Um, and as always, yeah, our top donor, our Lord and Savior, she reigns supreme. Everyone, drum roll, bow down, Jenny. <laughs> Thanks so much to all of our donors. Uh, and if you would like to become a part of this, uh, uh, of this wild giving spree, <laughs> uh, jump on. Go to thankgodimatheist.com and click on the uh, the Patreon button and and join up. Yeah, we sure do appreciate the support, guys. Thanks so much. Well, Frank, uh, we've been doing a a thing mm-hmm. this month. Yeah, we've been we've been doing a charity event. It's yeah, a, it's a first for us. Yeah, because uh, I guess we're we're greedy. <laughs> we're, 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 we're poor. We're poor. Poor. Oh, that's, that's what, what we'll is. say. Uh, but we just felt like the time is right, and we couldn't possibly. Uh, we we just need to be to be giving to organizations that do good in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and one of those, and the organization that we chose, at least for this year, is the Freedom from Religion Foundation. Yeah. Uh, and here to talk with us about that foundation and what they do and stuff is uh, Andrew Seidel. How are you doing, Andrew? I am well. Thank you so much for having me on, gentlemen. I appreciate it. Yeah, no, we really appreciate you coming on. Um, we we you we met you uh, when we were in uh, your fine state of Wisconsin. And uh, I seem to remember it being pretty cold. Well, oh, yeah. that seems to be that seems to be the standard state of affairs there, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It is. It's very cold always. <laughs> so uh, uh, we uh, we we we've been uh, sort of professionally acquainted for a while now, and I I guess what we wanted to do was have you on to a to to talk about uh, the mission of the FFRF because you guys have been on our radar since we started this show mm-hmm. because your work has been very important to the cause of church state separation and that's kind of what we talk about <laughs> well i'm i'm always willing to talk about that i mean ffrf you know we're first of all thank you so much for contributing to our mission you know we need especially now we really need all the help we can get uh 
the, the I mean, aside from the war on Christmas, which we fight every year, you know, this administration is um, really doing some serious, serious damage uh, to the wall of separation between state and church. And that's one of the things that FFRF exists primarily to defend. So we, we really need all the help that we can get now more than ever. So we're, we're very grateful that you're, you're helping us out here and I'm happy to talk about it as long as you want. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, that's kind of the, the impetus for this is that we, you know, as we report on, on, uh, sort of what's happening, especially in the United States, but also all over the world, we see, uh, we, we see people, a concerted effort on the part of, uh, the religious people to take down the wall and and infiltrate into a government where they don't belong. Um, so it seems like your work is important. Uh, tell, can you talk to us a little bit about some of the things that you guys are working on right now so, so that we all get a sense of, of what the work is? Sure. Well, let, let's start from a broad perspective first, because FFRF really, we have two goals. Uh, we work to educate and to separate. So we work to educate the public about what it is to be a non-believer, an atheist, an agnostic, a free thinker in the United States. So we yeah. work to educate uh, on matters of non-theism and about, about the evils and harms of religion. So that, that's one goal. And the, the second goal is separate, work to keep state and church separate. That's that defending that wall of separation that uh, Thomas Jefferson wrote about. We are the watchers on the wall. We joke around the office all the time. Um, so, so those are kind of our, our two primary goals. Um, and they often, there's a lot of overlap. So we get about 5,000 state church complaints every year. Um, Holy cow. These are, yeah, these are individuals from the community who are reaching out to us and saying, hey, uh, you know, this is happening in my kid's school, uh, for instance. Uh, I, the kindergarten teacher is telling all the kids to pray before they walk down to lunch. Is that allowed? Uh, the answer to that particular one is no, of course not. That's illegal. Uh, but, but sometimes we get reports and they're not violations. And, right. and rather than rather than running to file a lawsuit right away, we, we try to further our first goal to educate uh, right out of the bat. So in that case, with, with the kindergarten teacher forcing the kindergartners to pray, we wrote a letter to the school and said, hey, uh, just so you know, this is happening in your classrooms, completely illegal. Here's all the cases that say it's illegal. Uh, you really need to stop this from happening. Right. And in and most of the time, we can fix those problems without going to court. And that that's really the preferred outcome, right? Like, I, don't, I actually don't want to sue a public school and take money out of the public education system uh, and for a lawsuit or, or even distract the teachers and the administrators from their goal of educating people. But if they're going to violate the rights of kids and non-religious kids and violate the constitution, then absolutely we're willing to take them to court. Uh, and in that instance, uh, the kindergarten teacher it was actually a kindergarten teacher and a first grade teacher. Uh, the school refused to do anything, said that the teachers had a free exercise right to, uh, <laughs> basically impose religion on other people's children. So we sued over that and didn't even get to, the judge didn't even have to decide the case. As soon as we sued and the lawyers looked at this, they said, what are you thinking? We settled settled the case pretty quickly. Um, So that's a really good example kind of, of a case that it's fairly typical for us. And it, it shows the nice overlap between those two goals to educate and to separate. Um, And, you know, it's kind of interesting being a lawyer and doing this work because a lot of the work is just trying to do public education on, on why we have a separation of state and church, 
why it's so important and what it actually means, uh, because there's a lot of misinformation out there, often oftentimes deliberate. Uh, so we're we're working to kind of fight real fake news, right, <laughs> and, and deliberate misinformation out there. So uh, that's sort of the broad overview of what we do, uh, and uh, kind of the the, the twenty thousand, thirty thousand foot view. Yeah. Would you say that uh, most of your donations and money comes from George Soros and the Illuminati? Or... <laughs> excellent, excellent question. Yeah, the Illuminati in particular love us. Um, <laughs> no, uh, we are we are funded all by donors. We have thirty two thousand members, hmm. uh, and they are the. It is those people who support FFRF. We don't have. We have some donors who. Um, you, know, you know, we consider them big donors, but in terms of overall contributions, you know, they don't even make up 1% of what we get. Everything right. comes from, you know, it, it, it's kind of like, uh, like the better work campaign. It's all these tiny donations spread across many, many people. That's how, that's how we operate. That's how, that's how we work and how our, our funding comes in. Uh, the, the, our opponents love to push the George Soros, the Illuminati, all that. We're, we're funded. We're funded by this, you know, one outside group, and we're just uh, their shills. But right, nothing could actually be further from the truth. So it was a good question. I uh, I I feel like I want to be considered part of the Illuminati because I give to you guys. So <laughs> can I just can we just call me that? Yeah, I mean, just put it on your resume. And see I will. I, who's going to challenge it? Everybody, I, I know. you know who's who's. Are we it's not like anybody the Illuminati themselves are going to step up and tell me I'm not. And anybody who takes it seriously will be too afraid to challenge it. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we have a we have a very specific uh, uh, question uh, that arose for us recently, oh, and, yeah. and we had a discussion about it on our show, or actually a few discussions about it, because we had people writing into us about it, and I'm still uh, unclear on what what our moral or 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 ethical obligation here is so we so we're gonna we're gonna put you to the test today mm -hmm. andrew okay bring it on uh okay so it wasn't long ago a few just a month a few months ago i was driving through my fair city of salt lake city and uh in in a neighborhood adjacent to my own hmm. uh, a neighborhood that is called guadalupe if that tells you anything about the nature of the neighborhood uh, there is a very small public park, one little swing set and a little bit of grass, but nothing that you could, you know, play a sport game on. Uh, and there's a statue and the statue looks like an amoeba, an amoeba, but inside of it, you can very clearly make out that it is that sort of, uh, uh, outline shape of mary the madonna mm. of guadalupe the same shape that you see on a prayer candle on that that would be sold in a mexican store or whatever these uh this virgin of guadalupe it's titled lupe the woman which or, or lupita the woman mm -hmm. which is a very clear reference to the virgin of guadalupe it is very clearly a uh, mexican catholic icon on public property and i thought uh oh, because <laughs> that's that. I know that that's uh, that. There are issues there, so maybe you can help uh, guide me through what uh, what I should be thinking when I see such a thing, and uh, and what I can do. 
Well, the, the first thing that you can and should do is, especially if you're just not you in particular, Dan, but any of your listeners out there, the first thing that you can and should do is you should go to the FFRF website, FFRF.org. Uh-huh. And there's, there's a legal tab on there. And on that legal tab, you can report a state church violation. Okay. Uh, so you would say that, that's the first, you would say that this is a state church violation. I would say if you have any doubt or are not sure or are wondering, that's the first thing that you should do. Okay. I mean, we, we can help you out. And we, uh, you will immediately hear from one of our attorneys uh, within a day or two at, at most. Hmm. Uh, and then we will ask you probably a bunch of follow-up questions. The more information you can provide, the better. Um, in the case of uh, anything that you could take a picture of, if you could snap a photo of it, you can. there's ways you can submit that, that photo through the website as well. Uh, super, super helpful to do that. Sure. So in, in this instance, um, first of all, let's, let's start with the, the fact that government just dis- – Displays of religion on government property are probably unconstitutional. That's kind of your that's kind of your baseline rule. Right. Um, so a couple of questions that we would want to follow up with on you on this one are: one, is this definitely government property? It sounds like you're sure that it is. Um, yeah, it's it's a public park. I th- I think. Okay. Okay. So uh, that checks that box. So the second one is: well, is this really religious? And it sounds like it probably is, though. There's likely an argument that could be made on the other side. Well, maybe it's not really religious. Maybe we're talking about it just as the name to represent the name of the neighborhood, something along those lines. We've, we've seen those arguments Hmm. pretty regularly. Uh, We've, we've we've run up against those arguments in court, but but really the, the, the baseline question that you're asking is, should we make a stink about this? Should we complain about this? And for me, the answer to that is nearly always going to be yes. And here's why. Because if it is a violation of the separation of state and church and you don't complain, you kind of lose the ability to stop that violation. Right. So there's this really weird day in 2005 when the Supreme Court handed down two decisions. Um, Both cases were about Ten Commandments monuments on government property. Right. So one one of the cases involved a Ten Commandments monument on the grounds of the Texas Capitol building in Austin, Texas. One of those big granite monuments um, that they put up after Cecil B. DeMille's movie, The Ten Commandments. That's uh, right. Out. The movie studio sent those out, didn't they? Yeah, they worked with they worked with the Fraternal Order of the Eagles to get these put up all, all over the country. And actually, here in Mil- or here in, Ma- in Wisconsin, in Milwaukee, Yul Brenner, uh, who plays Pharaoh in the movie was there for the dedication of the first one that went in. Oh, wow. Uh, and it, it, yeah, it went in in Milwaukee and FFRF got that removed. And we have pictures of the crane lifting out this 10 commandments <laughs> off government property. Uh, so that was pretty cool. So that was the first case, Texas Capitol grounds, 10 commandments. The second case involved a couple of courthouses in Kentucky County courthouses, and they had put up 10 commandments um, displays in the, the lobbies. So not a big granite monument, but, you know, picture on the wall uh, that was challenged by the ACLU. And then they put up uh, the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence alongside the Ten Commandments. That got challenged again. Then they added more things uh, like the Mayflower Compact and the fourth stanza of the National Anthem, which nobody knows, but has language about trusting in God. So and that was that was what they were going for. Let, let so me get let me that, guess. They didn't put up sure. anything about uh Allah and uh, the uh, <laughs> any any Quran no, messages. 
No, give that man a prize. They did not have anything on those. <laughs> um, and and but those so those were kind of they were new displays that they put up, and it was very clear from the the history there that you know they put up just the Ten Commandments, and then they put up they were trying to push this this narrative of we are a Christian nation. Basically, that was what they were trying to push with these displays. Right. And so on the same on the same day. In 2005, the Supreme Court decided that those Kentucky County courthouse displays were unconstitutional and they had to come down. Uh, Ten Commandments display, got to come down. And they upheld the display on the Texas State Capitol grounds and said, yeah, that's fine. It can stay up. Both decisions were five to four. Uh, Justice Breyer was the justice who flipped his vote in the two cases. And one one of the reasons that he gave was that, you know, that... Texas Monument has sat there for about 40 years Hmm. and nobody's complained about it. There's never been a legal challenge to it of any kind. So obviously people don't think it's religious, which is bonkers logic. I mean, it's, it's terrible, terrible logic. It's also, it turns out that it's not true. Um, You know, nobody submitted evidence of this because why would you decide a case on that basis? Uh, but it turns out that FFRF had sent several letters uh, to the Texas, to various Texas government officials saying, hey, this looks like a problem. You really ought to take it down and were ignored. Uh, there was actually also somebody asked for the Texas attorney general to issue a legal opinion in the 1970s on whether or not the monument was was constitutional or not. Wow. And the Texas Attorney General even refu- just refused to entertain that possibility at all. <laughs> wow. So so Breyer was wrong on the history, but he kind of okayed it because, hey, nobody thought this was a problem, so we're going to leave it up. Wow. So the lesson the lesson there is really important. You know, if if you see something, you've got to say something. Otherwise, it may it may be there forever. Um so we at the FFRF tend to err on the side of challenging these things and making the government defend them because otherwise you may never be able to get rid of them. Yeah, it does seem like, you know, it's so funny because part of me when I and and we talked about this, Frank, uh, with our when we were discussing this statue that's in our park, mm-hmm. it was like part of me says, look, this is a marginalized community, This the, the Latino community mm-hmm. uh, of Salt Lake. This is a big part of their culture. Mm-hmm. Why can't they just have this one thing? And, you know, nobody else even sees it because nobody goes into this neighborhood. Right. And it's just like, I, it just felt like such a minor thing. Why can't we just let them have it? But I think uh, I think you might argue, Andrew, and, and, and I'll let you actually speak for you. But uh, I wonder if the argument is that any uh, al- allowing any violation to stand kind of supports all violations in some way. No, and that is 100% true. Uh, and I've actually, this is an argument we run into frequently. Basically, come on, guys, this isn't that big a deal. That's essentially what the argument boils down hmm, to. Right. And, and courts, have, courts have bought that argument. And they've used deliberately these little violations to approve bigger, bigger, bigger violations. Um, you know, it's it's sort of this house of cards that they built with with these tiny little breaches of the wall to allow bigger and bigger uh, violations to come through. Um, the, the talk I gave, I think it's up on YouTube. It's called uh, I think it's called Sweat the Small Stuff. 
Um, and, it, and I go over actually in that talk some of the examples of the court using, for instance, uh, the language, so help me God, that pops up in oaths from time to time right. to build the, the fact that uh, that there's prayer at the U.S. Congress to uphold other and more sinister violations that, that do have a bigger impact on on people's rights. So you're, you're absolutely right to be concerned about the idea. And it, it's particularly bad in our system because we are a common law system. So judges look to old opinions to decide new cases. And they say, oh, well, we upheld this, and this isn't that much worse than, than what we upheld there. So we'll go ahead and allow this as well. Uh, and, and really what we need is that strict separation of state and church, which then which then uh, it applies to everybody. It, it makes us all equal. It actually unifies us. It benefits religion. It ensures liberty. And it, it is the, the only way to guarantee true religious freedom. So that, that is really what, what FFRF is seeking to fight for. So – Oh well, okay, fine. Then um we have we have something to report. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where's this form again? <laughs> so if you go to the ffrf.org, there's a there's a bunch of tabs on the website. And first, let me let me tell everybody. This is very exciting, but we're redoing our whole website, which hasn't been done in far too long. So yeah, yeah. But right now there's a legal tab and you click on the legal tab and then there's report a state church violation. And you fill that form out, give us as much information as you can, attach photos if you can, uh, and then you'll hear from one of our attorneys and they'll follow up with you. It's also important to note, especially for your listeners, that, that you are kept absolutely confidential when you report things to FFRF. The only thing that we will say in our letters, if we decide to write on your on your complaint is that you are a local resident or, you know, some language that indicates that you have a tie to the community that you would be comfortable with. Hmm, so right. that they don't think it's just this Wisconsin organization. And that's, in and, you know. that's important for you guys too, because, uh, because you, you, you can be uh, kicked out of a, of a case for la for not having standing. If you don't have someone uh, local to the community as part of the suit, isn't that correct? That's absolutely true. Uh, and it's, it's also important because it, it's an argument that we hear, you know, constantly. We're just these out-of-state atheists coming in to complain. And it's, it's critical that people understand that, that, no, we are complaining on behalf of people in your community mm -hmm. who are – who feel ostracized by the government, their government – aligning itself with one religion over another and with religion over non-religion. That is something that, you know, people – atheists are often, you know, we are – and even even people who just separate – work to keep state and church separate who are not necessarily atheists, we're, we're really demonized. And people forget that we are doctors and lawyers and teachers and nurses and firemen and women and people who serve our country in the military – you know, we are, we are in every walk and branch of life that you can possibly imagine, and and to say that uh, this is an outside group coming in is really to to try to kind of further that idea that we are a Christian community, and it's absolutely false and something that we work to push back on. Well, and cons the considering the fact that a lot of the uh, the people that are fighting on the opposite side of the case are Christian groups that aren't located in that local area either. But are coming yes. in to 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 fight to fight mm -hmm. against you guys? They really that narrative falls down pretty flat. It does. It's, I mean, it's a it's a it's a terrible argument. It's also a terrible argument when you think about the, what we're trying to do, which is we are trying to uphold the First Amendment of the Constitution. So, so the real question is, you know, 
why does it matter? You know, a violation of the First Amendment to any individual is a violation to all of us as citizens. And every American citizen really ought to care and fight against any violation of the First Amendment, not fight to uphold it. So it's it's a it's also a depressing narrative to hear, but it's it's fundamentally false. Well, that's just what an, a dirty atheist would say, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> well, Andrew, you know, who, you know, who's, you know, who's called a dirt, filthy, filthy little atheist. I think who? Teddy Roosevelt said that Thomas, Thomas Paine was a filthy little atheist. <laughs> <laughs> was he little? I don't know. I'll, I'll have to look, look up his and stature. He, and he wasn't, he wasn't, he wasn't really an atheist either. Well, uh, that's true. Anyway, yeah. uh, there you go. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, anyway. Andrew, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, tell us, tell the people how they can uh, become members of your fine organization and maybe, even though you know we're giving some of our some of, some of our donations for for this month to you guys, but they can also give directly to you guys. Tell tell us how we can do that. It's pretty easy. Just go to our website ffrf.org. Join up. Memberships are only forty dollars a year. Of course, you can give more, uh, and we would certainly like that. But we also it's it's important to know. You know, it's not just important to give money. It, it really is important to join. You know, we when I write a letter, I, I preface it by saying, look, we're writing on behalf of 32,000 members. And that has a much bigger impact than if I was were saying I'm writing on behalf of two members or 30 or 300 or right. even 3,000. You know, the more people that we are, that we have, that we can call members, the more we can do. And it, it also makes a difference when we're up on Capitol Hill talking to legislators about, you know, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act and repealing that or protecting the Johnson Amendment, which, you know, and we go up to Capitol Hill about once every two or three months to talk about these issues. So it, it really is important not just to to support FFRF financially, which we certainly want, but, but to join and join your voice to the voices of other atheists, agnostics, free thinkers, and those who support the separation of state and church. That's almost more important in a way. Well, I, I agree with you. It's why I am a proud member, and uh, and I hope that our, our listeners heed that call. And uh, thanks so much for the work that you do, Andrew. It's a, it's important, and we're we're glad to have you out there on on the front lines. Thank you so much for having me on, Dan and Frank. I really appreciate it, guys. Well, Dan, that was great. I'm, I'm he's glad a, you set that up. He's a pistol. Yeah, uh, we've got we've got some work to do on our end, but uh, but yeah. that's great. And and. Well, I, hopefully we've inspired some of y'all listeners out there to uh, to 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 lend your support and lend one your support of, and go be members. Yeah, that, I, that's something I really took away that getting that number up and there are enough of you out there. Right. Yep. We know we've called on you for like star ratings and that kind of stuff. We know we know you can show up. So go be a go join up. Go be a member over at the. The fufurf. And if you wanted, and also another way to show support for them is to show support for us. Yeah. Uh, if you if you like both them and we, uh, <laughs> you can again. I'll just remind you. You can go to thankgodimatheist.com and click on the Patreon button, mm -hmm. and that will get you. Uh, and then you can sign up. All of the uh, all of the donations. If you start your Patreon now or any time in December, any time mm -hmm. in December, we will give a full month's worth of or 20% of a full month's worth of your tithes yeah. uh, to the Fufur. We're doing our best to make sure that uh, we're giving as much as we can Absolutely. to them. So so we really appreciate all of our 
donors and uh, and and new donors are welcome. Uh, so hey, if you know what? If, if you want, if you want to write into us, if you want to communicate with us, oh, if you have yeah. anything you want to say to us, go to podcast at thankgodimatheist.com or and, and, and email us. That's the email. Yeah, or you could call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist, and click on that like button. And while on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge. Request to join. It is a closed group, but we will let you in. Indeed. Uh, thanks so much to... Uh, Mackenzie for all of her fine work on the Facebook page, mm-hmm. and thanks to Sarah and Danny for their fine work as moderators. And a big thank- members only lounge, I yep. should say. And a big thanks goes out to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their music, and also to Gordon Johnston for the use of his. Yeah, thanks once more to all of our fine patrons, and thank you, dear listener, for tuning in. Bye bye.